We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land throughout Australia on which we are recording. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Doyen Interviews, the podcast that speaks to inspiring women from the art, architecture and design world. I'm Bridget Nathan and I'm glad you've tuned in. Thank you also to Anon for the beautiful introductory music. So hello and welcome to the next guest of the Doyen Interviews podcast. I am lucky to be speaking this morning to Simone Bliss. And I believe your company is called SBLA Architecture, is that? Uh, Landscape Architecture, is that right? Yes, yeah. So it's SBLA or some people say blah, which is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, how did you get into landscape? Like what, tell me a little bit about your story and um, your background into becoming a designer. Um, sure. So my grandpa was a pattern maker and I spent quite a bit of my childhood um, in his workshop, you know, learning how to, to cut wood and cast moulds and play around with materials and um, bits and pieces. So I was always interested in that smaller, you know, one-to-one detail of, of building things and reusing things. Um, but when I finished school, I had no idea of what I wanted to do and I started working in a law firm, um, which which was, um, that was sort of, I think I was there for three years uh, and that was in the middle of the legal precinct on Burke Street um, in a, you know, really tall tower. Um, and I learnt very quickly that um, I, I didn't, necessarily fit in that in that corporate world um uh so I was talking to a few lawyers there about what I could do and one was really interested in architecture and he he suggested that and I said to him that I you know I appreciate architecture but I don't necessarily want to design and build buildings I'm I'm more interested in external spaces and then um I found I was looking on seek and I I just typed in the word design and architecture and, and office manager job popped up at TCL for two days a week um, as a landscape architecture firm and I'd never heard of landscape and um, I went in and had an interview and uh, you know it was a small studio and there were maybe eight people and it was really messy and there was paper everywhere and you know colored pencils and it just had a really lovely feel and um, I had an interview with Perry Lefleen, who's one of the directors there, and I sat down at this table in the conference room and he said to me, okay, we've never employed anyone like you. Um, what should I ask? And, and um, I, you know, I instantly felt quite at home Um and we had a really good chat and then I ended up working there two days a week that quickly turned into full time. Um, so I I had an understanding of landscape before I studied. Um, so I worked there for a couple of years before I went to uni and, you know, I was quite interested in making sure that when I did study that it was what I wanted to do. Um, so that was a really good test for me and meant that I 
I learnt quite a bit before launching into university. Um, and then I continued to work there for 12 years. So I worked there whilst I was studying and then continued on after that. Wow, amazing. Um, that's so great that you could still work there while you were studying. Um, what was that like? Was it a lot of, was it quite different in the office, like what you were learning as opposed to what you were learning at uni? It was complementary. So I, I was learning a lot of design thinking and critical thinking at, at uni. And then I would take that to to work and, and talk to Perry or talk to you know, a couple of the other um, seniors about what I was doing from a design perspective and we'd have little, you know, chats and mini crits. Um, and then I'd be able to talk to other people in the office about grading and levels and soil. And so it, it worked out really well. Um, uh, it was quite a, quite a balance to work there. I was there three days a week, I think whilst I was studying full-time. So, um, you know, I, there wasn't necessarily an off button for those, for those uh, four years of life, um, but it meant that I, I felt quite supported and, you know, for my major project, there were three or four people from the office helping me print my, print my A1s out and mount them to the foam core and help me finish off my model and yeah it it actually worked out pretty well. You what was it about this creative environment that um, you really loved? I have quite a um, definite picture in my head of of walking into that um, sort of warehouse studio environment for my interview and I was dressed you know very corporately and you know um, uh, had all full black on and, you know, had my hair tied up, whereas my, my hair is a little bit, bit wild. So I, I sort of felt like I was putting on a fate, a facade of who I was to, to fit into that corporate environment. Um, and there was also a very, um, distinct difference where I was working between how you deal with people. Um, you know who, who the law, law lawyer or the law firm is looking after, uh, and I actually found it quite cutthroat for my very sensitive personality. Um, so I'd have conversations with people about, well, you know, what if you're if you if you're supporting this person and you're up against this other in court, what does that mean for that human? And um, I'd have really in-depth discussions with some of the, the lawyers that were quite open to talk about these sorts of things and they'd be like, well, we have to desensitise and turn ourselves off um, because the, the job's the job and, you know, this is who we're supporting, whether we we agree with it or not. And I found that quite jarring um, and it sort of went against some of my very specific ideals around uh Treating people, treating everyone well, and you know, understanding the context and the background, and um, I felt quite relieved when I found this creative studio where everyone had completely different thoughts about, you know, politics and the environment, and um, uh, a- an open-mindedness that 
that I really clicked with um, as a 20-year-old who, you know, had, had grown up around um, people that weren't so open-minded. Um, I sort of, I felt like I'd kind of found my people, which was interesting. <laughs> oh, that must have been such a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was. Is that something that you feel you strive to achieve in your work, this sense of empathy and um, including a lot of people or maybe a holistic approach? I survey the room a bit um, and try to work out what people's agendas are and um, what else is going on for them beyond this project so that it gives them understanding and some backing as to you know, why they might be rushing through something or, you know, um, why something has been skimmed over or not necessarily understood. So I try to take that approach in the first instance, which then gives me the opportunity to work out how I communicate with each person based on their needs. Uh, similarly with, you know, the, the project process, um, we're pretty keen on making sure that we uh, meet the project brief and the client brief really well and, and tick all of those boxes. Uh, but we're also quite into the idea of looking for the sort of the hidden, like who, who's using this space that isn't in this meeting? Um, who is this indirectly excluding? Um, and uh, trying to bring in some of those hidden agendas, I guess, um, into a project where we're quite fortunate to to be holding the pen. Um, so I think it's 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 embedded in yeah it's 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 embedded in our process. I tend to uh, try to go into a project with an open mind um, and you know practicing cognitive empathy um, when I have that first conversation with people about a project. So um, we're working on Bendigo TAFE. That's been, I think it's been two years um, so far of working on that with, with Architectures from Six Degrees. That's been a really interesting project because, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of university projects in the past and institutional, and although the TAFE is still institutional, the user groups are quite different. My normal um, project client base. So what we did was um, sort of firstly wanted to understand who goes to this TAFE and um, uh, what what their lives are like. And uh, there's a bit of a mix in terms of, you know, they teach hairdressing and um, uh, beauty therapy and um, uh, some of the sort of more hands-on trades. Uh, but then there's VTEL students, so, um, you know, kids that haven't finished year 12, didn't get to finish year 12 and they've come back to TAFE to study it. There's um, young mums, so there's, uh, you know, women that had children really early on and, and didn't get to finish high school. Um, there's refugees, there's an Indigenous studies group. Um, so the users are quite specific in terms of how to design a public space um, for TAFE and um, we spent quite a bit of time making sure that we thought about um, the materials of, 
at like our material selection and you know if there's any materials that could trigger trauma or um how you could incorporate um some of the jarjalbarong um endemic species into the landscape um making sure that there were seats for young mums to breastfeed we we were asking quite early on to engage with the jarjalbarong um through the TAFE and, um, you know, there were a number of reasons that people would sort of say, oh, you know, we're in a rush, we can't, we can't do this. And uh, a couple of weeks before we were issuing construction, um, we, we got a call saying that we need to incorporate a six-season Jar Jar calendar into the campus design. Um, and... At the time, that was quite rattling because we were so far down the design process that, you know, it was quite a um, difficult scenario to navigate those timelines. And um, it ended up being the most rewarding part of the entire project. Um, so we've, you know, we've managed to incorporate this, land, this additional landscape element into the campus design but that in turn is infiltrated into the rest and and changed things up for the greater wow and so with could you tell me a little bit more about um this six season approach how did it change your design uh we, we were working with uh two of the members of the jaja and they had a very specific brief of what they wanted which was the six seasons calendar and also a representation of the layers of country, which Mandy Nicholson talks a lot about. Um, so we we worked with them quite closely to understand, you know, what what they'd like as part of this landscape. Um, so it's a combination of, you know, indigenous planting, um, and it also is layered with I think there's eight artworks in there. Um, some are by uh, an Indigenous artist, Thunder. Um, some we've been fortunate enough to you know, document and draw up with um, close collaboration with the Jaja. Um, some are going to be um, fabricated by the TAFE students themselves. So we've been having workshops with the Arts and Crafts Studies group about making a um, Murnong field and a duck nest. Um, but what it's done for us is our narrative for the design was heavily um, referencing the the indigenous country anyway. So we were we were looking at this notion of upside down country, which is what Bendigo is known as, and you know a city in a forest. Um, and we had pulled in those those principles at the beginning, um, but with the Jar Jar Wurrung six seasons, it's, it's kind of infiltrated into the broader landscape in terms of planting, the planting palette and, you know, using Mallee species and just the idea of, you know, this being a, a bigger objective whereby the, the traditional owners have had a chance to input into this design and we've worked quite hard to push that into the rest of the project. Um, sort of as a as a really important move from from their perspective and and ownership, which is great. 
Yeah. Oh, that's really great to hear and really interesting. Um, when you talk about as well these opportunities for seating and different all the different uses of the TAFE, um, what do you think it offers them, like being able to have different places to sit and being able to engage with nature um, and being able to, you know, have a landscape that really supports um living and studying and working outside as well as inside um we we hope it offers a a sense of ownership and and home some of the input that we were getting during the briefing stage of the project was that you know one of the the trickiest um one of the challenges is that if a student turns up to the TAFE and it's their first day and they don't know where they're going, um, quite often if they're feeling uncertain or insecure about it, then they'll turn around and go home and won't turn up. So we were really, we, we really tried to make that, that arrival experience really welcoming. Um, and six degrees in architecture have you know have have done the same thing where we've thought about well what sort of laneway width is welcoming versus intimidating and how do people navigate their way through this campus so that they can find their homeroom or their classroom without feeling like they're in a, a large expansive space and um, it's all it's all not not feeling um, uh, they're not feeling safe or secure. Um, and that was sort of, yeah, one, one component of it. The other was that we got feedback around each of the clusters of, of different study groups will quite often stay within their smaller group until they get more and more comfortable and start to mingle with, with other cohorts of the TAFE. So we, we created a series of outdoor rooms that were directly connected to new and old buildings so that people could you know come outside for their break and sit in that area and feel like they've got an edge to their back um and surrounded by landscape and and um then with time start to move into some of these bigger spaces and and um socialize with with other people um, so, you know, there's, there's larger group tables, there's a barbecue area, um, there's places for outdoor eating. Um, and it's just, it's sort of, you know, built from the, the building out, um, in terms of that layering of experience and, and confidence. Um, there's also a lot of, you know, we've put in a lot of trees so that there's shade in an, a very very bright and hot campus as it is currently um and uh and yeah utilizing lots of different types of furniture elements and, and seats so that there's a a seat with a function for any use multi-use spaces yeah yeah and and multi-use seats so you know there's different seat configurations for different social interactions mm, yeah oh that sounds really interesting I look forward to to seeing it um what stage is it in terms of the construction or the design 
well, the, the architect just started construction. Um, yeah. uh, and I think landscape is meant to commence construction in December um, uh, and, and complete in March next year. Oh, so soon. So soon. <laughs> I'll have to. <laughs> I have to look at some photos. That sounds really exciting. Um, it's really exciting to hear that even though it's difficult to work at the moment, um, that things are happening and being built and jobs are, you know, being created through this process. I find that really exciting. Yeah, this this was quite um, quite a challenge actually because we had to issue documentation and construction during COVID. Um, and and there's you know uh, at one time I think there were seven of us all working on the same um, documentation package all remotely um, and we 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 set up a whole lot of lingo on we use Slack quite a bit and um, we had a whole lot of hashtags around opening and closing drawings so that one another knew what was going on so you'd see. <laughs> hard closed, hard open, planting closed, planting open, and there was just this dialogue of how many times people are entering and exiting a, a CAD drawing, which was quite quite something. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, how big is your office, and where are you, are you usually located um, in in a city? Uh, we're, we're usually located in uh, Carlton North on Park Street. Yeah. Um, so we're in a little collective that um, uh, is run by Hitfy Hype, um, and we rent we rent the, the desks off them, um, and we share an office with an interior designer, Brave New Eco. Um, uh, we are. Seven people at the moment, um, yeah, and everyone works part time, um, and uh, we'll sort of, you know, yeah, there'll, mostly there'll be four, sometimes five people in the office at, at any given day, um, but yeah, some people are, you know, one Wade works in Woodend and he only comes down a day a week. Um, a couple of other people work from home on some days and in the office on others. So we were sort of already set up for remote working prior to COVID. Um, that's sort of something I was pretty passionate about in terms of setting up a studio where everyone um, is part-time and, um, you know, uh, therefore you're sort of helping young mothers, um, uh, myself included. Um, to to manage work and and uh, home life and practice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really really great. I know that area. It's such a a nice little street. There's a cute park, and I love that. I haven't actually been to that cafe. That's. I think it's across the road from you guys. Um, looks really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a great linear park to to look out on and. Um, it's so heavily used, particularly at the moment. You know, I've never seen so many people using public parks. It's wonderful. On that topic of, um, yes, yeah, seeing people out and everyday life sort of stuff, um, 
I'm guessing that nature is pretty important to you outside the, um, you know, all the different things that a landscape architect can do. Um, how do you embody it um, outside your professional role? I um, get a lot um, mentally out of landscapes and um, that's sort of why I, I, I started working in this industry. Um, you know, I was always, always the, the child that was sitting up in a tree and couldn't be found um, or hanging out by a, a creek for, for hours on end, just kind of sitting and, and listening. Um, I currently, I'll, I'll quite often find a dirt track. Um, I need to sort of, you know, I love listening to gravel crunch under your feet or, you know, I, I like the, the messy native landscapes more than our um, European um, lo- vast areas of lawn. Um, so I'll kind of hunt <laughs> hunt one of those landscapes out and, you know, just go for a walk. Um, I, you know, I, I love going down to the ocean and um, ha- trying to surf. Um, that's something that I've, you know, I love doing and have done for a long time. Um, uh, yeah, just just being next to water, um, or just finding a little secret spot that I didn't know about is kind of my my escapism. Um, and then yeah, I, I spend quite a bit of time taking my kids out to do that, um, so they can appreciate the you know the micro within our landscape. Look at a look at a flower for ages and. Um, talk to them about what what habitat is around and yeah it's I don't know it's it's I get a lot out of it um beyond my profession I wish I wish you could actually do more of what we do in nature or outside versus in front of the computer um I'd like to get my hands dirty versus drawing it and then giving it to someone else to to build um I find yeah find that disconnect quite challenging um so yeah yeah yep that's sort of how I how I ground myself yeah um I can definitely identify with that and but sometimes it feels like you have to make the effort to get out into nature or to change your lifestyle a little bit so that you can live a little bit more outdoors or yeah um in the fresh yeah yeah <laughs> do you find that yeah I really do it's it does you know it does feel like you have to build yourself up to do it it's not something that's just at your at your back door <laughs> um uh but I'm you know I I have like through this time I've found some really lovely little spots that I didn't know existed because they were they were so subtle um but like Royal Park, you know, that's a jewel. Um, and uh, there's some other little areas around Prince's Park where they've started to introduce um, native grasses and, you know, there's a big area along Park Street which I've been walking to every day where they've mulched a whole lot of existing spotted gums and then planted grasses and there's mulched paths and um, 
you know, we're starting to see more and more of those landscape types infiltrate the inner city, um, which is wonderful. And there will be more as we chop down all of the plane trees and, and plant natives. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, it definitely needs to be more of that going on. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I feel like it, it, we definitely could have spoken for longer. Um, I guess to finish up, um, I was wondering, what are you um, working on looking towards the future? Um, do you have, like, some exciting projects that you'd love to do or that you you currently have um like walking through your doors virtually that's virtually walking through my door um uh yeah we're, we're doing a lot of uh vsba projects at the moment um which is exciting um we're doing a memorial um project with darabin for Aya Marthaway. um and she she was um, uh, a student at La Trobe Uni that caught the Bundura tram home um, a couple of years ago, and um, uh, and you know there were very unfortunate circumstances there. Um, but we're we're doing an artwork and a meadow um, with a good friend of mine, Rachel Derham. Um, so that's sort of the next one that's on my agenda, and we get to go and. You know, work with a steel fabricator and um, a glass blower, and um, start prototyping this this artwork in a in a real warehouse, which I'm quite excited about. Um, so that's that's next on the list. Oh, that sounds amazing! <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time this morning, Simone. Um, it's been really lovely to talk to you, and I look forward to publishing this episode and also, um, yes, seeing what you get up to. Great, thanks, Bridget. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Doyen interviews this week. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Next week, we'll be chatting to a fashion designer, amongst other things, Susan DeMarze from Material Byproduct. I hope you can join us then. Particularly because now I work with women business owners. These are women that work incredibly hard, building incredibly dynamic businesses. They don't need to be dictated to on what to wear or um, how to appear, what is really of service to them is somebody that helps them stay in touch with their creativity.